On the latest episode of the new title drop, Michelle, Angela, and Melanie debate the age-old autumnal question of apples versus pumpkins and share their picks for titles to pick up this month. This is the new title drop for October 2023. Hello and welcome to OPL's mini episode series of The Book Drop, where we share new titles coming out this month, uh, which is October 2023. I'm Michelle and I work at the W. Clark Swanson branch as the book club librarian. Hi, I'm Angela and I am a collection development librarian. And I'm Melanie. I'm also a collection development librarian. Hello, friends. Thanks for being here with me today. Uh, I was just telling you how much I've missed you. It feels like it's been forever, uh, but I think it was technically early summer is when we were getting together. And now it's the changing of the season yet again. So happy autumn. And with that, I'd love to talk to you about the, the question that weighs on everybody's mind during this season, which is apple versus pumpkin. Which is better in different things. Because I do think maybe there's an overall winner all the time, but maybe it's in certain categories. So my first category for you is as a drink flavor. Is it apple or is it pumpkin? Apple if it's cold, pumpkin if it's hot. Ooh. Angela? Apple. (laughs) Okay, cool. Uh, How about in a pie? Uh, that's a tough apple one. Pie, pie. If I'm going to have to go, I mean, yeah, I'm going to have to go with apple. Like pumpkin is maybe only what I want like one time a year, but all throughout the year, apple would win. It's going to be Same apple for, you, for me. Spoiler alert, <laughs> yeah. my answer will be apple for every question. <laughs> okay, so my my twist though is... On a book cover, pumpkin. Is, do you want an apple or a pumpkin? I want a pumpkin on a book cover. I don't want any vegetation that is not flowers <laughs> on my book covers, but I would prefer an apple because it has so many like kind of fairy tale twisted connotations. Mm. I would prefer okay. apple. Thanks. Um, what about um, ravioli flavor? Ooh. I've never had an apple ravioli. I just saw Trader Joe's has a pumpkin ravioli apparently out yeah. right now. So. I would still like apple. I do I love would, squash. I would definitely cook with an apple ravioli. I would make it work. Yeah, yeah. Um, I uh, way back in the day, uh, Caffeine Dreams um, had a uh, apple. I know it. They had a like. I can't remember what cheese it was. Like I think it was Gruyere or something, but it was like grilled cheese with apple. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it was amazing. Very good. Um, But yeah. um, Yeah. I don't think. What about as a blossom? I don't, I can't picture an apple blossom, but in one of the books I've read recently, uh, a board book uh, was about pumpkins and their growth cycle. And it, and I, you know, you always forget about how fruit comes from, or these things come from blossoms. And I hadn't seen a pumpkin blossom before. That was kind of cool. Hmm, nice. Yeah. So anyways, there's that. That's going to be the book cover for Angela. <laughs> it's flowers and pumpkins. Pumpkin and we'll blossoms. get you into the pumpkin club. 
It's even more fun to go apple picking than pumpkin picking. I feel that is very true. So. Easier. Apple or pumpkins are sharp. You need nice gloves for those vines, man. Yeah. They will get you. Yeah. Okay, cool. Thank you for indulging me on that. Um, and with that, let's get into the new books. Uh, whoever feels ready first. <laughs> I'll start because I have six. All right. Right, awesome. you have one, two, three, four, yeah. Okay, so I'll start. Uh, my picks are spooky because it's October, and uh, I I was thinking I wanted to do like different genres for one second. I just picked all like some form of spookiness or horror. Um, so the first one I am so excited about. Uh, Jeanette Winterson is my favorite English language writer in the world. She is a queen of the poetic artistic tale. And she's coming out with uh, a collection of ghost stories called The Night Side of the River. And in this new book, Winterson helps us get into the season by writing stories that haunt. An immersive ghost tour that goes wrong, a seance that deals with the threats of AI, and a window meeting and a widow meeting up with her deceased husband. There are plenty of mysteries to explore. Natasha Pulley says Jeanette Winterson is one of the wittiest writers around today. I can't think of any other writer who can treat death and horror with such lightheartedness and pragmatic cheerfulness, but without losing the cold yet cozy free song that comes with all the best ghost stories. That one is out October 24th. It's too late in the month. We need that sooner. <laughs> Shout out, Rickman. It is my best friend's birthday, so hopefully she doesn't nice. listen to this podcast because I'm buying it for her birthday. <laughs> Don't listen. <laughs> all right. I've got a couple spooky-ish, um, but not all of mine are spooky. Uh, so the first one I have is The Unmaking of June Pharaoh by Adrian Young. This one comes out October 17th. I read the author's Spells for Forgetting last year, and it gave a very fall-like vibe, so I'm hoping for that with this one as well. The unmaking of June Pharaoh combines a small mountain town mystery, a curse, and a mother who has disappeared. June Pharaoh was raised by her grandmother in Jasper, North Carolina, after her mother's disappearance. Now, her grandmother has died, and clues start to emerge about what happened to her mother. June is also having hallucinations, or are they real, of faint wind chimes, hearing someone call her name, and a door that she comes to learn she can go through. Booklist called this a must-read for fans of V.E. Schwab's The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. This multi-generational emotional read was described by a Goodreads reviewer as a mix of time travel fantasy magical realism mixed in elements of mystery and romance, which is a little bit of a mouthful to say, but it sounds like a delight to read. That's That feels almost sweet. <laughs> It's like spooky sweet? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. With like the romance in there too. I think it's, yeah, might be spooky sweet. That's good because my next one is really dark uh, (laughs) and intense. So I'm really glad you did something lighthearted because this is really intense. It's deep. It's horror, but um, it is the worst kind of horror, which is rooted in real injustice. Um, so I saw this cover a long time ago, and before I even like read the description, I wanted to read this book. It's one of those uh, house on the cover books I love. 
Uh, it's called Reformatory by Tana Reeve Dew. And it's out on October 31st. So that one is all the way at the end. Uh, so it's horror book. Uh, but like I said, it's real life injustice. In 1950, Robbie Stevens Jr. is sentenced to six months at the Gracetown School for Boys for kicking a landowner's son in defense of his sister. In the Jim Crow South, this punishment is even more brutal, and Robbie's unique talent of seeing ghosts will make this even more complicated as it will make him bear witness to some of the great atrocities of this reform school. This historical work of fiction is based on a relative in the author's family that no one would speak about. Library Journal says the writing here is spectacular, the pacing engrossing, the setting heartbreaking but honest, and the characters are given a nuance and depth rarely seen. A masterpiece of fiction. All right. Um, my next one is Midnight is the Darkest Hour by Ashley Winstead. This one comes out October 3rd. Winstead is the author of psychological thrillers In My Dreams I Hold the Knife and The Last Housewife. And in Midnight is the Darkest Hour, she gives us a gothic southern thriller where there is a local myth of a vampiric figure said to be killing people on moonless nights in the town of Bottom Springs, Louisiana. Our main character, Ruth, a librarian and daughter of the town's Baptist preacher, along with her friend Everett, may be the ones to unravel the town's mysteries. The publisher says this is an examination of the ways we've come to expect love, religion, and stories to save us, the lengths we have to go in order to take power back, and the monstrous work of being a girl in this world. And if that's not enough to convince you, author Claire McIntosh calls this where the crawdads sing meets Twilight meets Thelma and Louise. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like people just throw movies out there and just <laughs> grab whatever they yeah. can and put them into a sentence. That's a lot of but cops. That yeah. one sounds good. That'd be, that'd be interesting <laughs> to see how that fits together. Yeah. You know, I didn't pick any vampire books this time. You had I, a few last month. I'm so, kind of disappointed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah Did, I don't know. We I don't go through know. our Maybe, phases. I don't, don't know. Wait. I just need to keep it fresh for the audience if they expect it from me. Um, but another thing, another trend I've had is uh, books about Frankenstein. Uh, so speaking of Jeanette Winterson, from my first recommendation, she wrote a book called Frankistine. Um, and so I'm just fascinated and I still haven't read the original Frankenstein. <laughs> so I need to read that. Um, but this book coming out is called Mary and the Birth of Frankenstein. Mary and the Birth of Frankenstein by Anne Ekut. In 1816, a volcanic eruption in Indonesia affects all of Europe, filling it with ash. It is the year with no summer, and Mary Shelley and her friends issue a challenge to each other to write a haunted book. This brings Mary to reminisce about a summer of her youth inventing ghosts and monsters with her friend, encountering someone secretly watching them. This sapphic reimagining of Mary Shelley's youth is full of gothic mystery and the brilliance of new romance. The publisher says it is an intensely gripping reimagining of Mary Shelley's youth, vividly exploring innocence, young love, gothic mystery, and the roots of her literary masterpiece, Frankenstein. And Sarah Waters calls it a fantastically moody, unsettling novel with a teasing, enigmatic atmosphere entirely its own. And it is out October 3rd. Yay, don't have to wait too long for that <laughs> <Yes>. one. <laughs> All right, I'm moving out of spooky and going into Roman Stories by Jhumpa Lahiri. It comes out October 10th. 
Lahiri has been wowing readers since the 1999 Pulitzer Prize winning collection of short stories, The Interpreter of Maladies. And in Roman Stories, Lahiri gives us her, her first short story collection in almost 15 years. Written in her adopted language of Italian, these translated stories, or vignettes as some re reviewers are calling them, include similar themes of Rome, family relationships, immigrant experiences, and what makes a place a home. The publisher has this to say about the collection. In story after story, Lahiri delivers her richest and most stirring work yet in a collection whose themes reverberate with the tensions of modern urban life. Lahiri is one of those authors that I will read anything she has written. Her lyrical, descriptive, melancholic writing really transports me to a different place while I'm reading, and I am really looking forward to diving into this one. Yay. All right. I'm still on spooky, but it's also Latina Heritage Month. So I figured I'd bring a couple of titles um, by Latinos. And um, so the first one is I was fascinated by the cover, too. I know I talk about the covers a lot, but they're important, y'all. And so Blackouts by Justin Torres is black. Like the whole cover is black. The writing is black. It's all black. Um, which you don't see very often, and it feels weird. Like it makes it hard to find on a <laughs> shelf, probably, <laughs> to know what it is. Um, so it was long listed for the National Book Award for Fiction. Uh, this best-selling author of We Are Animals is back to explore the personal and the collective. In his desert, a young man tends to a dying man, Juan Gay. He is haunted by his past and the collected accounts of people he researched and connected with in a work about queer history. As the academic world masticates the stories and redacts the details, what is left in the edges of the lives they documented. The nostalgia and terror of losing the memory of the collective is evocatively powerful in this work. Blackouts is a historic feat of literature. I've never read a book so brilliantly inventive. It's a must read and a ma oh, must read and masterpiece don't do the book justice, a marvel of the human mind. And that's by Javier Zamora who wrote Solito, who I recently read. And he's a poet, so I really uh, respect his opinion. Also, um, Angie Cruz says, Blackouts is unequivocally, unequivocally brilliant, bold, and structurally inventive. Like its absorbing narrator who tells stories to keep his friend alive, Justin Torres has written shameless, the shamelessly vital novel that reminds us all not to give up on ourselves, on one another, or on our stories. Nice. And when's that one coming out? Did oh, you say already? October Sorry. 10th. October 10th. Mm -hmm. All right, Turtle Bread, a graphic novel about baking fitting in on the power of friendship by Kim Joy comes out October 3rd. Um, and I have to preface this by saying I did not come to this one because I knew who Kim Joy was. Um, I don't think I've ever seen a full episode of The Great British Bake Off, but I guess she was on the show um, a couple seasons of it. <laughs> Michelle is freaking out because... What? <laughs> I guess I don't know who she is. What? But... <laughs> I I've never watched I it either. You've never I've seen watched a couple it. episodes of like the Junior Bake Off. Oh my, my goodness! Son, but I haven't seen. It's really cute. Yeah, which is so, wild. Those little kids. Um, and, but, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just this graphic oh, novel topic, the cover and the concept looked cute, so I wanted to go for it. Uh, it's about a woman named Yan who lives with social anxiety and low self esteem and decides to take a chance at joining a baking club. She finds a group of people who are. Not only excited about cakes and pastries, too, 
but also supportive when it comes to mental health struggles, since some of them are working through some of their own problems as well. It's a short, hopeful, fairly lighthearted debut graphic novel. And for those of you who are great British Bake Off fans, this features illustrated recipes of some of Kim Joy's favorite treats. And maybe there's some apple and pumpkin in there. I don't know. But that would be pretty fun if there was. <laughs> Knowing Kim Joy, maybe not. She went through for the other things. Yeah. So that's for sure. Very untraditional, if you will. <laughs> we don't know. Okay, let's go back to spooky. Uh, a Haunting in Hialeah Gardens by Raul Palma. So I lived in South Florida. So the description of this book was like even more intriguing to me. Uh, it's a debut horror novel about a man whose world is off the rails. Hugo's wife has died and he is saddled with huge medical bills and he is aimless until his de debt collector and nemesis calls him to ask for help in cleansing his house of a haunting in exchange for debt forgiveness. Hugo works as a babalao and helps with matters concerning the spirit. Unfortunately, Hugo does not believe in spirits. He tries to use sleight of hand as he usually does with his clients, but it doesn't work. And he is soon enmeshed in the personal battle with his own demons and his past. Christina Garcia says, um, Raul Palma's novel, A Haunting in Hialeah Gardens, offers us, us hilarity and heartbreak in equal measure. With lush prose and an unerring eye, Palma chronicles the substrata of Miami, the human cost of immigration, poverty, debt, discrimination, and yes, ghosts beneath the city's breezy tropical surface a pitch perfect debut ghosts yay <laughs> <laughs> all right my last ones i'm gonna bring us into the winter holiday season mode oh, again no, not yet, not yet. <laughs> but you can thank me when you have something nice and light to look forward to after all of these spooky reads uh it's a fabulous life by kelly farmer comes out october 17th and this book had me at the publisher's description that this is a sapphic retelling of It's a Wonderful Life that will make the Yuletide gay. <laughs> the main character, Bailey George, get it, is <laughs> set to go on vacation in New York City when a colleague's medical emergency means that she is stuck staying put and having to take charge of the town's annual winter wonderfest. A series of disasters brings her overlooking the town's bridge where a drag queen, Clara Angel, uses a little magic to help Bailey appreciate what's in front of her. I also haven't mentioned yet that Bailey also runs into her high school crush, Maria Hatcher, who is, of course, currently the town librarian. <laughs> it's a Wonderful Life is a movie that I watch every holiday season, and this contemporary romance is a re retelling that I didn't know that we needed, but I am here for it. And then Love in Winter Wonderland by Abigola Bello. That one comes out October 3rd. It's described as a young adult, you've got mail, Christmas love story set in a London Black-owned bookshop. Trey Anderson's family's bookshop, Wonderland, is facing the threat of being shut down by a neighborhood gentrifier. Ariel Spencer is an employee who started working there to earn some money for art school. The two work together to try to save the shop from closing before a Christmas Eve deadline. It's a lighthearted rom-com with Hallmark movie vibes. Okay, well... We can't go to winter yet, okay? I'm going to go back to the, the spooky. Um, so I was so excited to see this. It's Out There Screaming is an anthology of new black horror by Jordan Peele. 
Yes, I Yay. said Jordan Peele. From the creator of Get Out, Us, and Nope comes a collection of all new black horror stories full of supernatural creepiness and the horror of the injustices of our world. This book features stories by 18 writers, possibly including one of the writers I've referred to already. Out October 10th, Publishers Weekly says these tales are all both gruesomely imaginative and firmly rooted in the realities of anti-black racism and brutality. And there isn't a weak one in the bunch. This is an this is essential reading for any horror fan. Does it? Awesome. Uh, <laughs> I, as many, as my my colleagues of the show have also had their TBR list grown, mine has also now. So I hope our listeners <laughs> find some picks for, from your list as well. Um, yeah, let's let's get spooky before we really dive into the winter. But also, if you want to get into the winter stuff, do it. No one's stopping you. The books are coming out. They're there. If it's coming out, go pick, pick up the up. ones yeah. you missed last year. But yeah. Um, thank you both again for sharing your expertise with us and all of these amazing titles that we can look forward to. Um, all the titles mentioned today can be found on a list in our episode description. Uh, be sure to stop by on the first Tuesday of every month to hear about new books dropping this month. And be on the lookout for our full-length episodes on Fridays on your favorite podcast app. That's our episode. Thanks for joining us on the new title drop for October 2023. The book drop is produced by Omaha Public Library. Our theme music is trapped in amber, courtesy of the band Listed Fugue. Don't forget to subscribe to the book drop on your favorite podcast app and like and follow Omaha Public Library on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'll talk to you next time on the book drop. <laughs>